0: So I would like to go again for this point because I think it's very interesting when you say you want to make the robots much easier to design and build. If you can tell us for the audience, what do you exactly mean by that in terms of what could be simpler?
1: Well, I think what I mean by that is maybe um, coming back to the, the emphasis on, on um, STEM, um, mm. I think that it's it's easy, and, and this happens to me, this happens with my students, for us to become incredibly focused on one tiny aspect of the problem because it's a hard problem. And um, that can be at times exhausting and demoralizing when you inevitably hit roadblocks and we hit roadblocks all the time. Mm-hmm. So for, for early learners who haven't already bought into <laughs> accepting defeat um, maybe more often than, than you are rewarded with success, mm-hmm. I think it's important to have kind of on ramps to this, uh, this whole world. And so what that means is um, we spend a lot of time in my lab thinking about ways of collecting and consolidating what we've learned and turning that into um, design and fabrication automation tools so that other people can hopefully um, use those methods uh, to to bootstrap, to build things that that are real and interesting without suffering maybe all of the roadblocks that we did. And um, I mean, of course, this is not unique. This is what I think what, what all scientists and engineers try to do. And I think that what we're trying to do is to just make that as accessible as possible yeah. um, through open source software tools. And um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think this is very interesting because I, I'm curious to ask you when you look at the software robotics field in general, because I think we have the issue about how we can have a designed recipe when we, we speak about materials in general. So. I don't know how you see the design process in the field because we have issue for reproducibility one issue and sometimes we don't know how, how we have a design recipe. And I think maybe if we have maybe a reproducible methodology and robust modeling technique, I don't know how you see this approach in the field in general, the designing itself.
1: Well, I think there's a really good example of that right now and, and folks who are doing a better job than I am. Um, I think... Uh, I think it was connor walsh's group that created the soft robotics toolkit initially but but Mm -hmm. of course many other folks are now contributing to it and i think that's a wonderful resource for people um, for providing uh designs that are already reasonably well explored and methods Mm -hmm. Um, i think that we'd like to contribute to that to that kind of effort um by providing design tools that um maybe allow slightly more flexibility and expressivity in mm-hmm. the, um, the morphologies that people are trying to design. So moving beyond the canonical new net design um, into other kinds of morphologies and, and maybe not even specifying a particular morphology, but giving people tools, design automation tools. By the way, this is, this is the uh, what I'm describing um, is an end goal that we've not yet arrived at, but mm-hmm. we're working toward design tools that um, will allow folks to to quickly explore and express um, soft multi-material designs.
0: Mm-hmm. And for the multi-material, because I think that's also challenging in the field. How you think that we can uh, use fabrication technique for combining multi-materials, different properties? Because sometimes the issue of sliding or maybe adhesion. So I don't know. Yeah, what you saw about this problem?
1: Yeah, well. I, I think that we have arrived at one particular approach to fabricating with, with multi-materials. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are many different ways of, uh, of approaching that. Um, the dominant, I would say, my argument is that the dominant way of doing multi-material fabrication for soft robotics today involves um, casting or mm-hmm. um, multi multi-step manual processes. And those are powerful. The materials that are available are wonderful. Um, the limitation is that you need to have some level of expertise doing that manual labor. Um, uh, and I think more importantly, um, the ability to, to prescribe the locations of different materials in a multi-material design diminishes as the number of materials increases. So if you just want one or two materials in a design, mm. you use multi-step casting um, methods to um to achieve that uh, but if you want to have many different materials and you want them to be finely placed within a design I think added manufacturing becomes a more compelling approach for mm-hmm. that so we've been approaching this fabrication automation piece of it uh, from the perspective of multi-material added manufacturing or 3D printing
0: mm-hmm. so maybe the question maybe should asking you what could be the most critical parameter? well you consider different material to make a multi-material actuator? What could be the significant prompters you have to consider carefully?
1: Well, um, I'm not sure this is the most important, but it's certainly a stumbling point for us, really, and that's the um, the materials that are available to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we spend um, perhaps more time than I'd like to trying to find appropriate materials uh, for this uh, process, for added manufacturing. Um, In particular, uh, we use a lot of uh, multi-material inkjet deposition. And so um, that method is quite limiting from the perspective of the different materials that you can deposit uh, using inkjet. Um, But but it's also quite empowering. I mean, it's a a method that natively provides many different um, channels of material deposition and high throughput. And so when we are successful, we can make quite large structures quite rapidly with high resolution.
0: Mhm. Great.